Hey, it's a good morning, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Freedom Fanatics. I'm Alex, your host. Alongside with me, I have my awesome colleagues, Tiago and Sholin. Welcome to the show, gents. It's good to have you here. Thanks, Alex. It's always good to be on the show. Guys, so today we've got some interesting topics lined up. Uh, a little bit different. Each kind of reveals their own its own issues in its own right. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna kick off th- this episode with a, a rather disturbing story emerging from the Eastern Cape, and this is uh, courtesy of News Twenty Four, and it is about a an Eastern Cape teacher who has been uh, striked off the the teacher's role. Um, so he will not be able to be a teacher in South Africa, and essentially uh, what the crux of the story is that on the 1st of March uh, last year, uh, the principal of of a Eastern Cape school, uh, Lubekom Gandela, forced a, an 11-year-old pupil to recover his cell phone in a pit toilet um, after it fell in whilst he was using it. Um, fellow students recall seeing him uh, covered the student covered in, in feces after retrieving the cell phone, um, and there was outrage at, the, at this uh, this very disturbing event. And he has now been removed from the the teacher's role. And I think it's it's good to see that there's been accountability has been served. But I think first things first, Sholin, um at our big age in 2022, 27 odd years into democracy. Why are we still? Why do we still have pit toilets at our schools? Yeah, man. I feel like it's it's seriously disappointing that this is the case, especially um, you know when we have this new um, education system. Um, you know, we have we have leaders that receive large amounts of funds to actually improve the state of our education in the country, and I've and, and once again, it's a failure on the side of. Um, those who are who are responsible for electing him um that's that's and for actually giving him the position in the first place and i think this actually speaks to the fact that you know school governing bodies are a crucial part of um school life because they should be given more authority when it comes with regards to um appointing the principals the teachers who actually teach the teach their kids um you know because i feel like that's direct accountability um in this in in this case where they could have been the first persons to actually you know first elect the person that um is uh, that that is the principal of the school and then also then the school governing body should also have the responsibility to actually remove those who are not actually serving the kids um to the best possible um extent that they can and i mean Education is so crucial for for any country because it's like first you get education, you mm. then go on to innovation. You are then able to compete in a in a free market, and your country is then able to actually experience prosperity. And if we cannot even achieve and give learners the basic safety and security that they require for an education, the rest, innovation, um, a free market all of those things are stifled. And mm. this just comes back to having the getting the basics right first. Yeah, absolutely. Tiago, I mean, when it comes to schools, one of the most important aspects is the principle. Um, you know, a, a principle controls and, and uh, the, the teaching body leads sh- should be leading by example. 
Um, you know, in, we, we've seen in, in low resource schools where there is an involved te- uh, parent body and a strong principal, you know, you, you can you can really flourish uh, against against the odds. And I guess one of the aspects of the story is that that we can kind of take take solace in is that there has been uh, some accountability. Um, yeah. So, I mean, on that level, you know, we can expect that. Um, you know, this is this is a good thing that that there is some sort of ramifications here. Um, how do you think? How do you think communities in uh, places like the rural Eastern Cape um, can ensure that there are these bodies, school governing body infrastructure? You know, parents don't necessarily have the most time to get involved in their children's education. Um, what what are some things that that maybe parents um, can do to to ensure that their children don't end up uh, at the bottom of a pit latrine. It sounds crazy to even say that. Sure. Well, I think the school governing body is is, is a good place to start, as Sholen has already mentioned. I think parents need to become more involved in, 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 in the schooling lives of their kids. And parents need to constantly be in communications with schools to, to, to always be aware of what's happening at school and stuff. Now, I think it's quite shameful that, that, that what has happened has happened, but I'm quite glad that the South African Council of Education uh, intervened. And really, I, I, I personally think that they intervened in, in the right manner. But of course, the, 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 the legality of everything and the extent of, of, of the intervention is something that uh, lawyers in particular would, would have to look at. I am not mm. particularly yeah, trained for that. But mm. I think what's, what's, what's equally shameful is that we still have around 3,200 3, schools in the country that are still using pit toilets. And this is after we lost lives of young people like Michael Komate, who I've mentioned before, who passed away in 2014, who was five years old, fell into a pit toilet. We also have a young person in the Eastern Cape who, in 2017, um, walls of a pit toilet came came down on him. And, and, and as a result of that, he passed away. I think it's shameful that we still have such things. And even after these incidences, that the government has not intervened and, and and ensured that all pit toilets are, are are demolished i think yeah it's 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 the story the principal story is quite shameful but equally shameful is the fact that the the, the department of education is failing to deliver the very basic um services at, at our schools mm, no for sure what i'm gonna i'm gonna bring in our next story which is and we'll, we'll maybe have a, a broader discussion around the two combined um and this is something that I think particularly in the light of load shedding rearing its, its ugly head again last week in particular is the idea of the provision of services. Um, now, in Johannesburg, um, you know, there have been protests uh, ongoing uh, in, the, in the past few weeks. Um, and in particularly in Joburg South of late, um, there have been there's been no water. Um, now, the reasons given for, for, for the lack of water was, um, you know, there's failing infrastructure. There was an explosion at a pump station. There was a power failure at a, at a purification plant. Um, and as a result, the water outage had been, has been going on for a couple of days there. Um, we know there was uh, 
in in Pretoria there was in in large parts of Gauteng there was a water shutdown to do maintenance and that lasted two or three days. Now, gents, what I want to kind of tie, chat about here, Sean, and I'll come to you is just how we we talk, on the one hand we're talking about schools that don't have access to municipal services to be able to have flushing toilets at their schools. Um, but at the, in the same sense, in some of our biggest cities, we're struggling to maintain what's already there. How how does this this disruption to to South Africans' lives affect their ability to um, support their own families and get ahead in life? Yeah, actually, um, Alex, I'd like to point out as well that, you know, a few months ago, um, there was also water outage in Johannesburg, actually. And back then, um, our water and sanitation uh, minister stated that there was no water crisis in the country Mm -hmm. and people just went along and believed it. But fast forward to March 2022 and South Africa's literal economic hub, Johannesburg, is experiencing another water outage. And some of the reports um, date back to um, the actually research done by the Institute of Regulation. Back in 2015, in a policy bulletin, the IRR actually warned that because South Africa is a water-constrained country, um, it's crucial that we actually conserve and manage what water we have available now. We must manage that well. And it's actually been noted that the ANC government has, since 1994, actually you know, failed at planning strategically for the future, Mm. for the future. And my question is essentially how much more mismanagement must we endure? Because first we experienced load shedding. Now we're going to start experiencing water shedding. Uh, My real question is what next? The basic services that literally keep our society afloat, electricity, water, education, everything has literally has literally failed, and it's only making life more difficult for ordinary South Africans. And I feel like this is the perfect opportunity to actually highlight why state-proofing yourself is again is so so important. Because we, the government, fails. I feel like it's our responsibility to step in, because mm-hmm. I clearly dependence on the state is not a realistic expectation. So, yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting point you raised there because, I mean, state-proofing yourself is all very well if you if you have the means and, and the mobility within the community to to rally people together maybe, to put together funds and, and step in where, where the government has let people down. Um, more and more, I'm starting to think that, you know, aside from rocking up at on voting day and making your say at the ballot box, what... Um, yes. What, what what solutions are there? Because there is a, there is an element here where we have to get the government to 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 do something. Um, you know, because we've we've seen polling um, where people were asked, you know, what is the best way to improve people's lives, and uh, this comes from the Institute of Race Relations, and it's over seventy percent say either a combination of more jobs and better education. And better delivery of services such as electricity, water, and sanitation. And this is where I want to bring in the, the two the two topics this morning. Um, is you know, without the a sophisticated delivery or at least sufficient delivery of services, as we see with schools, that undermines the ability of people to get an education. Um, so, where where to from here? If if we don't have the one, it seems like we can't we can't really have the other. 
Sure. Well, I think what needs to happen is that citizens, South African citizens, all of us uh, combined really, have to become active citizens. We need to start attending public meetings, public government meetings, for example, at local government level when uh, municipal plans are being drawn up. We have to be there as citizens. Uh, these plans have to talk to our direct needs as, as, as residents of municipalities, right? We need to be active, pressurize the government to, 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 to actually put those plans into place. Now, the water, the water issue, it's, 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 it's a two-sided issue. Firstly, there is, there is a water scarcity issue in, in, in the country, of course. Mm -hmm. But secondly, there is, there is an infrastructure issue uh, all over South Africa, really. Mm -hmm. The infrastructure issue relates to the fact that the government uh, of the day has, over the years, failed to maintain infrastructure the way it should have maintained it. And in instances that it has built new water infrastructure, they have not built quality water infrastructure. And of course, this ties into to, to the question of uh, cater deployment and staff. Tenders in, in, in municipalities, tenders in departments are given to comrades. Comrades always are looking at, 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 at the delivering services at, at the lowest cost possible, even if it means going for uh, poor quality material, right? so they can capitalize and be able to share profits with their uh, politician friends and stuff of that nature. It needs to start at that level. Citizens must go, hold government to account, attend public meetings, attend council sessions, ensure that the best people are, are, are appointed to, to, to deliver services and stuff of that nature. Otherwise, we'll end up in, 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 in the same cycle whereby we elect people into place, they do whatever they want to do and, and, and simply get away with it because we, we are sitting at home comfortably or complaining from our uh, couches at home and not mm. actively participating in, in, in our local government politics. Shalin, how can people through FAN, what, 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 can, what can people do to reach out to us? Um, you know, how, how can FAN be a, an outlet for, for people to, um, you know, get get ahead in life, you know, get the freedom to earn, get the freedom to, to, to lead? Um, you know, we saw last week that FAN went to visit the, the high court in the Northwest uh, to, to, to fight for a small political party that deserved a, a, a seat that they had won in, in that local municipality. That's just one way that FAN is... is, is um, helping to to get people the freedom freedom to lead and ensuring that democracy stays intact um people can reach out to us what what should people do yeah for sure i always encourage people to get involved in fan i mean fan is a young energetic organization and we have a lot of fight in us as as proven um a few weeks ago we actually took the eff to court and we will do that with any political um, or governmental organization out there if we see that they are actually, you know, um, negatively impacting the lives of, of South Africans. So you can definitely get involved in the FAN. You can go to our website. You can sign up. You can support us. Um, you can engage with our content, literally share our content, content as far and as best as you can. We are literally on every social media platform advocating for freedom on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube, even on TikTok as well. And if that's the if that's the least you can do to actually engage um, 
and be an active participant in fighting for your freedom, that's more than enough. Um, and that's why okay, supporting organizations like FAN is going to be a crucial manner in which we keep our leaders accountable. And yeah, if you can even extend beyond that. I mean, FAN will never turn away um, financial support. I don't think we will ever do that um, to in actually to so that we can actually have more members um, engage in this fight for your freedom. So yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Tejo, any last words before we wrap up this today's show? Well, the last words would be that I think really, really, really in South Africa, we need a strong civil society uh, sector. Uh, electing, simply going to the ballots and, 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 and five years later returning there again does not ensure that services are delivered to us. That does not ensure that promises made to us by political organizations that we elect into government uh, are, are, are indeed brought to life. We, we really need to, as citizens, rise up to the occasion and actively participate in, in, in our government. After all, we are the people who are funding this government. Like I said last mm. week, this, we should start treating government like a company and we should start treating ourselves like shareholders in a company. Now, as a shareholder of a company, you must have an interest in how the company uh, 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 is operated and how things matters, matters, how matters of the matters of the company go. So I really, really do urge South African citizens to start uh, participating in, 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 in public dialogues uh, organized by, by the government, organized by civil society, and to yeah take ownership of the government and yeah i think that's the only way that 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 real change can can come about we can elect new political parties elect new political leaders into place mm. but if we are not going to actively hold them to account actively ensure that things are implemented we might as well do away with the voting system i mean it's, it's useless if we are not going to participate. participate. Yeah, Alex, I'd just mm. like to add on to what Diego says that that is a very crucial point is that we cannot wait for every five years um, to actually, you know, suddenly pull up on the scene. Like now we actually need to be active in and out of out of election season. And that's exactly what FAN does. Um, we, 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 we advocate for freedom, for um, accountability when it's cool and when it's not. Like, <laughs> and it doesn't matter who the adversary is. Um, that's what we do. So, yeah, Tejo, that was that's a really important point to raise. Yeah, I, th I think Tejo also makes a good point. I think one thing to bear in mind is that a lot of people participate in in they show their their dis discontent with government through through protests, through service delivery protests. And unfortunately, we've got a, we've got a situation where service delivery protests keep keep growing and uh the number of people participating in our elections is shrinking so i think uh yeah we've got to build and not burn and i think on that note yeah. guys thank you so much for watching if you haven't yet follow us at badger of liberty you can find our stuff uh as sholin said wherever you are so guys yeah. with that with that in mind your freedom is worth fighting for we'll see you guys in burning questions coming up next let's go
Hello and welcome to another episode of Hashtag Burning Questions. Um, hi Alex, hi Sholen, hi Diego. Hi, Cool. Guys, so today the code card we're looking at is very, very interesting, you know. I have a few thoughts and a few comments on it. But this code card is from Robert Woodson, and it reads, This hyper-obsession with race causes some to find fake racism under every rock. What we need to do is to invest in what our communities actually need. We must stop going after systematic racism and tackle real problems. So, okay, guys, first question. I think let me throw it to Sholen. Is there something called fake racism? Is there such a thing? Um, yeah, there the absolutely is something called as fake um, racism. Um, I know that's okay. a bit controversial um, because um, usually um, what I truly believe is that racism is a problem, but it is mm -hmm. not the problem. Um, mm -hmm. As a lot of the content fan has covered, we really highlight real issues actually impacting um, South Africans, where, you know, service delivery fails, where, um, where the state has not actually, you know, been able to protect citizens. Um, those are all things we strive for. Um, things like education are crucial topics that need to be discussed. And mm. usually what takes place is um, Big David Liberty explains it brilliantly when he says um, that we shouldn't be dribbled and distracted. And racism mm. is a key issue with which um, political leaders actually dribble and distract. Um, ordinary South Africans. And mm. there is um, fake racism that we are experiencing um, throughout throughout the world, actually, because we have a lot of race merchants um, and people who actually, you know, profit um, financially from yeah. actually consulting on, on racist um, issues. And yeah. these are people that are suddenly now called, um, Alex will know them, will, will know the, be the good terms for them. They are now diversity consultants and, <laughs> you know, um, racial, racial empowerment um, guys like, come on, get out of here. We know the real issues actually affecting South Africans. Racism yeah. is one of the least um, problems that we actually um have to face and even some of the issues the rr does actually clearly indicate to us that south africans actually care about can do they have a job can they send mm. the kids to a proper school um yeah these are issues that we actually care about yeah that's, yeah. that's about it from our side okay um alex fake racism yes no maybe sometimes hmm often often um <laughs> But I, th I think, yeah, look, you, you can't dismiss um, somebody's ex uh, sort of experience of racism. And I, I think it's not to say yeah. that, that you know, racism doesn't permeate through a society. I think eliminating such a thing is, is, a, is a, a pipe dream. Um, mm. But you know what I mean? I think what, what's, what's interesting is that what, what I've started to think about more and more is how, how do we tackle racialism compared to racism? So mm. racialism in the sense of what is, if we look at the way that um, race politics, for, for lack of a better term, is enacted yeah. through legislation, you know, we've got mm -hmm. the Employment Equity Amendment Bill, uh, which is currently before uh, President Ramaphosa. Um, and effectively what that would do is it would allow the Minister of Labor to uh, punish companies who don't meet certain quotas. 
um, and that would take you know would rain some some as an example one of the um, one of the the um, sort of ramifications would be that they would fine you ten percent of your revenue. Um, if you don't meet these targets, so you know we've got to start thinking about okay, how would these po these policies, which are racialist, um, mm -hmm. affect ordinary people? Um, yeah. And then when you start looking at quotas in companies, you know, when you start eliminating mer merit and meritocracy um, mm. based on race, people are going to start building resentment. So does that then foster, um, you know, r racist attitudes um, to towards towards people or start creating disharmony? rather mm. um yeah. but yeah so that, that's a slightly different different angle um you yeah. know we, there's been there seems to have been a lot of lot of racism uh scandals this year in schools yeah. um yeah. so i'm not entirely sure what's going on there um but i think what we need to address is how in within institutions those allegations are dealt with whether it's in the example of a school is like how do we how do you sort of balance listening to your student body uh, versus mm -hmm. your own protocols with bringing in disciplinary proceedings, uh, that yeah. kind of stuff. So, I don't I think I think it is something that that there is both uh, fake and real. Um, but okay. we need to make sure that we kind of balance the two. Um, yeah, yeah. In, in a very kind of mediated sense, you know, it can be. It's a very emotional topic always. Um, yeah. And so, you know, let's let's look at what 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 is what is the real picture here because it does have some some real world ramifications for a lot of people yeah it definitely does and then maybe let me come to you Diego. so the last part of this code reads we must stop going after systematic racism and tackle real problems what are these real problems that we need to tackle well i think first and foremost um context is everything right mm. in the south african well let's begin by defining systematic ra racism right mm -hmm. systematic racism refers to a form of racism that is embedded in a country's laws and regulations mm. now in the south african context we have policy positions such as pe that mm. have been made law right yeah they are they are they they they, they are active laws of the country and in such an instance, I think then that systematic racism becomes a real issue that must be tackled. Mm. Uh, so context is everything. So I, 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 whereas I, I understand what, what, what the point that he's trying to make, in the South African mm. context, we definitely must go after systematic racism, such as BDE, mm. a policy position that advantages one race over the other. Uh, yeah. And it, it, it doesn't really matter what, what the intention of that policy position is in this instance. What remains factual is that B is a racist policy position. And mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's a form of racism that is carried out systematically. And mm -hmm. we, we definitely have to fight it. We must fight systematic racism where we do find it. Perhaps where he is, or mm -hmm. at least where he was when he said this, uh, the case was not similar to the South African case, but in our instance, we must definitely fight systematic racism if we are to get anywhere as a country. Can, okay, can, so can I jump in, Bali? Yeah, sure, Alex, you can jump I just, in. I just want to, because I think, I think, I think what what is referring to when it comes to at least the arguments that I've heard for for systemic racism um, mm -hmm. is more like 
Tioko's spot on about systematic racism um, and at a policy level. But uh, mm-hmm. definitely in, in university corridors, I've heard the thing of like 400 years of colonialism, apartheid, mm. uh, you know, all these things. So I think I think when when people talk about systemic racism, it's about this like uh, overarching uh, like uh, superpower that kind of mm. feeds in and, and undermines people's opportunities. Um, so I think there's like there's so many layers um, yeah, to this. Because um, yeah. people say, like, I think it has more to do with like victimhood. People feel like they are oppressed by the system. Mm. Um, yeah. In South Africa, modern day South Africa, exactly in, in, in the example Tiako cites, is uh, oppression via the system is through systematic racism, such as BE legislation. Um, mm. But it, it, yeah, it's 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 complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. Wow, <laughs> it is. But maybe well, guys, well, yeah, you can go Tiako. Well, I'd still argue, even even the argument that, and, and that's an argument uh, that's made by the left uh, uh, many a times, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it remains systemic systemic racism or systematic racism remains racism that is is, is embedded in laws and and regulations of a country. Mm-hmm. Even throughout those years, we the, the the left speak of that systemic racism because it it it's a kind of racism that was in a way turned into laws. Now, the only thing that has changed, of course, over the years is that it has now turned, at first it was against black people and now it's against white people, but it remains systemic racism and and it should be tackled for sure. Yeah. Okay, so what are the real problems? I don't think I got to understand what the real problems are. Maybe systemic racism is one of them, but maybe Sholen, another problem we should, address in this country because people might be like yeah you guys are telling us that racism is not is not the biggest problem but then tell us what the problem is yeah no big problem that really affect us is i would say things like corruption um Mm -hmm. a failing education system um a failing supply of electricity like you cannot even when people are struggling in a war zone and there's no electricity, there's no education system, they do not look for, you know what, racism is the problem. Nah, like even us, if we leave the house every day, we aren't thinking about, you know, this big racist boogeyman is going to come and get us. We're too busy focused on trying to secure the bag, fam. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, things get really, really hard. People um, do not really think about you know what? It's because of racism. Politicians mm. like to um, make us think that. I would actually like Alex also to touch on what's actually happening at the um, Human Rights Commission. Because, you mm. know, when things get tough and petrol prices are rising and, you know, you start seeing that taxes are going up, suddenly politicians want you to start focusing on racism oh. to actually distract you from their failures. So that's, that's something I would definitely caution against. Definitely. Alex, do you have anything to add there? Mm. Oh dear. Yeah. No, I think, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken with the current, um, human rights commission, um, sort of investigation into racism in advertising, I think if I'm not mistaken, they might've found that there was no racism in that Tresemme advert, which, which I think triggered the, I think that triggered the EFF's protest against click. If I'm not mistaken. So, you know, I mean, I, I don't, so we, I think ordinary South Africans know this, um, you know, yeah. that, 
you know, trashing a, a click store it ties in exactly what Sholin's just said about politicians uh, sort of using issues for their own gain. You know, trashing a, a click store isn't going to make sure that, uh, like we spoke about on Freedom Fanatics, that my child doesn't uh, drown in a pit toilet um, or yeah. affect my ability to get an education and get ahead in life. So, mm. you know, people want to be safe. They want to learn. They want to get, um, you know, put food on the table. So there's uh, there's a lot of real problems. We've got a lot of real problems in, in South Africa. Yeah. Yeah, and like the, if it's usually the biggest race hustlers who are doing the Bro. most destruction of people's livelihoods. So that's another thing to actually note. That time, this episode is the colors are red. I don't know, it's kind of like contradicting. <laughs> but, guys, we are not pro EFA. Please. Yeah. Um, well, I was, I, I, any last words? Yeah, my last tweets were, uh, would be that in, in, in the South African context, uh, racism is a serious issue. Uh, racism is an issue that we should be amongst issues that we prioritize in, 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 in dealing with, right? Uh, the fact that Alex, being a white guy, uh, could have doors of, of an institution of higher learning closed against him simply because he's white, even though he does qualify to get into the institute. The fact that Alex cannot get a job in a certain department because uh, 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 black people must be hired first and foremost, it's it's a very serious issue. It stands against white people achieving uh, 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 whatever it is that they'd like to achieve in certain instances. And yeah, mm. for that reason, it's a very serious issue that we must we must really prioritize when tackling. But of course, there are those those matters of of, of fake outrage outrages around racism yeah. and stuff. Uh, it's it's as though you know I, I find it amazing these days ne? that when let's say if Alex is rude towards me, first thing uh, 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 the left would jump. The first conclusion the the, the the left would jump to is that Alex is racist. So people can no longer just be rude. People can no longer just be human yeah. beings that are not decent and, and, and stuff of mm. that nature. It's, it's a crazy idea. But systemic racism, systematic racism, that does exist in South Africa. And it, 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 it must be dealt with as soon as possible if we are to get far as a country show. Yeah, mm. no, definitely. Yeah. If, uh, I know we're running out of time, but I just wanted to add something to what Diego said. Was that, yeah, Diego, I would actually go even further on your point um, about things like employment equity and BE. Because mm. even though they say that, you know, that they're trying to rectify some um, historical justice, injustice, mm. um, the real people that's actually being excluded are actually black colored and Indian South Africans as well. Because what we actually see with things like BEE, um, which is a racialized policy, the people that actually do benefit the most are the politically connected elites. And it actually comes down to who I know, that's the people I give the job to. And it's not actually about um, the qualified um, and experienced and talented black colored Indian white um, entrepreneurs in South Africa. It's actually only about those who are connected. Yeah, I know, definitely. I need to get me some connections, you know. I need to know yeah. someone, know someone, know someone. Oh, okay. Don't worry. I'll hook you up, guys, you know. <laughs> Jokes. I don't know what. 
<laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Burning Questions. Um, do remember, your freedom is worth fighting for. Thank <laughs> you.